Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. And welcome to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. And today we are broadcasting live from the Sheridan Hotel in Raleigh, North Carolina, where we are uh, with Wyatt and our good friends Pam Kavaleski and Cindy L. and all of our wonderful people who are helping us with our amazing cause for finding early detection of firefighters and first responders who are exposed to such horrible toxins every single day, putting their lives on the line for us, saving our lives and risking their own, not just once at the fire, but also risking them again by getting cancers and exposure to all kinds of nasty toxins and chemicals that cause cancers and other health issues in these heroes. So, Wyatt has been very busy at work and is now uh, eating some delicious, uh, probably $20 of a chicken, uh, pieces of chicken here, and he's very, very happy now. And we're going to be uh, talking a little bit about some of our amazing rescue dogs and what they're doing. Let's get some updates on the amazing Rainy, who is a Beagle Hound mix. Gorgeous dog. We'll post pictures. We actually have them if you're following on MerlinsKids.org or on Facebook with Merlin's Kids. And please, if you haven't already done it, Facebook friend Wyatt Ridgeback. He is a public figure. He had so many friends that we had to make him a public figure because he had too many friends. You never have too many friends, they say. But apparently he did, so he is now a public figure. You should also be friending and liking our pages of Merlin's Kids, as well as United, the letter K, the number nine professionals. And you can also remember that we are looking for new people, and we are looking specifically in Missouri. We are looking for East Coast, and we're looking for California. So right now we're looking for people in those areas, not, not that you can't find um, or we won't take you if you're in another area, but most important is we are looking for those specific areas. We've just purchased uh, and in are closing on another gorgeous facility, which we will tell everybody about um, later on. But uh, for right now, just know that we are really busy at work helping to uh, create a situation where someday we won't have these people getting cancers early and uh, dying because they were saving our lives. So we're going to talk about Rainy. Rainy, what a sweetheart. Uh, Rainy came to us um, from uh, Niagara Falls, Heart of Niagara Rescue, did a great job. They uh, worked with her. Um, but Rainy was, uh, was a little dog aggressive still, and she had some issues, and they were having a hard time finding an appropriate home for her. Well, I had met Rainy, oh, about a year ago when I had uh, part of uh, my amazing team at United Canine Professionals of uh, people in training to do their canine behavior in our natural canine behavior rehabilitation methods. Well, Rainy was just, uh, she was definitely a little worse back then, but right now she is happily coexisting and very peacefully, I may add, with a number of dogs. She is actually out in playgroup and is doing just a beautiful job. We're so excited 
and she started her cancer detection training. So we've been having a lot of fun. Rainy's an awesome dog. She was in a shelter, and nobody wanted her, and I'm sure she was in her shelter uh, environment because she was dog aggressive. Think about it for a minute. If you had the best dog in the world, you have Wyatt or Savannah or Whisper or any of my dogs, because they're, they're just literally the best dogs in the world. For instance, let's say you have Wyatt, who just traveled two plane trips yesterday to get out to Raleigh from our beautiful facility near, uh, in, in, near Jefferson City, Missouri. And uh, we were actually um, traveling quite a bit, very extensively. Wyatt's been in hotels. He's been at our farm, runs around all over. Well, he's the best dog in the world, and, and my dogs are really, I'm just blessed to have the experience and the knowledge to turn these dogs into the best dogs in the world, and Rainy is turning into just an amazing dog. If you had the best dog in the world, would it ever wind up in a shelter or rescue? Let's be honest. If I had to give Wyatt up, which would never happen, but if I had to give Wyatt up, there'd be hundreds, if not thousands of people, maybe even tens of thousands with him, of people wanting him. He'd never wind up in a shelter or rescue. How about Wispa? I've got at least 100 people I could think of right off the bat who would love to take Wispa because she is the best dog in the world. They're not dog aggressive. They're not people aggressive. They don't mess in the house. They don't steal things. They don't destroy things. So what happens to a dog that turns it into that kind of situation where somebody suddenly instead of keeping the dog and deciding to work on it, well, now that person suddenly decides, you know what, I can't make it anymore. I can't take it anymore. It's too much. It's not going to work. I have to give this dog up. And not that I can find a person, a friend, a relative, somebody who might want this dog. Nobody wants this dog because this dog's a problem. Well, that's what happened to Rainy, and that's what happens to Four million dogs a year. There are actually about 10 million, um, but but fortunately a lot of them are adopted. But about 4 million dogs a year are euthanized. Why are they euthanized? Not because they're the best dog in the world. They're euthanized because they have behavioral issues and they have perhaps aggression or they're soiling in the house. They're jumping on people. They're knocking people down. They're people aggressive. They nip the baby, whatever it is. Then we have all the people who just unfortunately decide that, uh, you know, that they're not just not going to keep the dog anymore because they had a baby. I always get very nervous when you have people who are uh, telling me, you know, well, you know, my my boyfriend and I want to get a dog because someday we're going to have kids and we want to have the dog with our kids. So we're going to get the dog first, which is great. But then they have the kids. And then the dog growls at the baby because the baby crawls up and grabs the dog's tail or jumps on the dog. Uh-oh, the dog is aggressive with the baby. Let's get rid of the dog. And you have this, this panoply of dogs with different minor behavioral issues that are dumped in shelters. And if you don't fix it, it's like the old Christmas fruitcake. Who eats a Christmas fruitcake? Is there just really one Christmas fruitcake that goes all around and it's just been recycled for like hundreds of years? Maybe the dinosaurs were eating Christmas fruitcake, but I've never met anybody other than Pam who might be interested in eating. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm broadcasting here with Pam here, so we'll give you the whole lineup here. <laughs> but the Christmas fruitcake, 
The Christmas fruitcake is an anomaly. Is it a fruitcake? Well, if you can call that fruit, it's a fruitcake. All right. Well, the Christmas fruitcake, seriously, nobody eats them. You re-gift them because nobody eats them. So what happens with that is it's the same as a dog. We don't fix the issue. Now, if you turn that Christmas fruitcake into a nice chocolate cheesecake or a nice chocolate lava cake, everybody would want it. Well, why it is a chocolate lava cake? Because he's the one everybody wants. However, a dog like Rainy might have been the Christmas fruitcake kind of dog. So if we don't change the way the dog is, if we don't change something, nothing's going to change. So I took Rainy and started to introduce her in, in the course of only about 10 or 11 days to other things. And I taught her very lovingly, very gently what I expected of her. Guess what? She's doing what I ask of her. She's holding herself together and she's not dog aggressive. So now we're starting to train her for cancer detection and she's going to be awesome. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. NuVet Plus, your pet's best friend. NuVet Plus is an immune system builder that is safe for all stages of your dog's life. Helps eliminate most issues, including allergies, scratching and itching, hot spots, arthritis and joint issues, chronic ear infections, tear staining, lack of energy, digestive issues, and so much more. All natural, manufactured in an FDA-registered human pharmaceutical lab here in the USA, using ingredients sourced in the USA. Nothing artificial, no sugars, wheat, corn, or dyes. Never heat treated to help retain all the natural rich ingredients. Comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and is only pennies a day. Call us Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. 1-800-474-7044. That's 1-800-474-7044. And tell them you are referred by All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Or go online to www.nuvet.com. That's www.nuvet.com. Use order code 33955. Again, www.nuvet.com. Order code 3395. Put your pet on the path to good health. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. And welcome back to From Shelter Dogs to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. Well, we're talking about Rainy and we're talking about the way her life has changed. Now, if love were all it takes and if love was all you need, like the old Beatles song, then Rainy would have been fixed a long time ago. But she's not, or she wasn't, because people didn't have the ability to know what they needed to do. And I have a phrase, I say, you don't know what you don't know. And that's what happened with Rainy. Awesome dog, lovely people up there at Heart of Niagara Rescue. Just beautiful people. And, and Karen Novak, who is just an amazing woman and has uh, joined our United Canine Professionals team. We're going to be up there at Grandpa's Pet Emporium coming up in the next month or two, and I'm going to make sure that we talk and, and we'll let you guys know when I'll be there. But, you know, what's cool about Rainy is that they didn't give up on her. They kept looking. They didn't just say, 
oh, boy, this dog's a problem. Let's just put her to sleep. They kept trying and trying and searching and searching, and they found me. And that was fortunate. I've known these people about eight years. They're amazing people. Well, we work with rescue groups and shelters because you guys in the rescue and shelter community are the ones who are the front line. You're the ones who pull the dogs that have the behavioral issues, the ones that were given up by people, either who were inept or stupid or just uncaring or didn't realize that, yeah, Great Danes don't stay the size of chihuahuas. They get bigger. But, you know, it doesn't matter because there are enough of you wonderful people out there. We're looking for people like you who love dogs, who really, truly, genuinely love dogs more than you love people, which is most of you, and me included, because animals do what animals do out of instinct and out of honesty, where we all know that humans do things out of selfishness and out of things that we really wish we didn't have. I still can't figure out why the word humanity refers to humans when it should be called animality. Animality should mean the lovingness, the ability to take care of others in a loving way. But the word humanity means that. And it's completely backwards because animals do things for the right reasons, but humans often don't. There's always an ulterior motive with it, or many times with a human, but there's never an ulterior motive with an animal. Animals are pure. They're just wonderful. So Rainy was not trying to be a bad girl. Rainy was basically confused as to her position in the human canine pack. Now, I'm not about the dominate the dog kind of people, and I'm not about, you know, going into some reject uh, karate kid moves there where, you know, you wind up having, you know, these crazy positions and you're hovering over the dog and you're scaring the living daylights out of the dog because that's not going to build up a connection. You have to build up a connection. And I'm going to talk about the word connection today. What is a connection? Connection is a network, an understanding, a camaraderie between two people or two creatures. So let's just say for a minute that Rainey thought that she was in charge and she had to do the providing and protecting for herself and for perhaps the person on the other end of the leash. So if she saw another animal or perhaps a person or whatever it was she was reacting to, Rainey said, aha, I have a job and I love my human and I have to protect my human. And she did. With me, though, she learned, "Uh uh-oh, I don't have to do this job because it's not my job. My My new mommy, Janice, and all of the people out at our beautiful farm are talking about... Um, you know, all these amazing things, and I don't have to be the provider and protector anymore, and I love that. So she can just go be a dog, and she is. Rainy is a normal dog right now, and it's only less than two weeks. Well, why is this working? Why does this happen? Because I go in, and I don't let her do the things that a leader would do, but I don't get mad at her if she does. So if she would growl at another dog or lunge at another dog on leash, I would just teach her. I'm not mad at her. She's just a dog. She's just doing what dogs do. And if I don't do the job of providing and protecting for her, then she's going to think that it's her job. And if it's her job and that's what she's supposed to be doing, then she's doing the right thing 
by lunging or growling or snapping or barking at other dogs. But if I'm in charge and I gently and lovingly, calmly correct her, basically like you would correct a child, and, hey, honey, no, you can't do that. It's just the way it is. It's just a rule. Then suddenly she doesn't have that job. And once she doesn't have that job, you're it. If she's it, then you're not. And if you're it, she's not. So this is why what we do at United Canine Professionals and at Merlin's Kids to train our service dogs, certified, gorgeous, amazing service dogs, we do it behaviorally. We don't teach dogs to sit or lie down. Not that you can't do that. You certainly can. But think for a moment. When Rainy was being aggressive on the leash with another dog and lunging at another dog, and you say, Rainy, sit. Well, let's say if she did sit, what would that mean? What would that solve? She's still barking or growling at the other dog, so how did that help? Answer is, it didn't help. So we don't care about the body position. We don't care if she's sitting, if she's standing, if she's lying down. All we care about is making sure that when she does something and when she does react, instead of us being out of control, we want to just calmly and gently teach her, reassure her that it's not her job and you've got it. So think about it for a minute. Let's say when Rainy would go to bark at another dog or bark out the window, all we have to do as her leader, as her guardian, as her mommy, is to go and get between her and the window, look out like you're really looking out to see if there's something there. And once you look out and you get between her and the window, it's pretty simple because now all you've got to do is just look out the window and then go walk into your kitchen or look out the window and go walk into your bedroom. Keep going. Don't stop. And once you do that a few times, she turns into, well, or is relegated back to becoming a doorbell. And if she's a doorbell, it's only her job to go woof, woof once or twice. And once she's done that, you go and you would answer the door. So you go and answer the door, and she looks at you, looks up at you, checks in with you and says, oh, in her little doggy mind, I guess you took care of it. So I don't have to continue barking. I don't have a job anymore. Same thing as if you had a little kid. Let's say you had a child. Let's say your niece or nephew or your child, four-year-old kid, and you live in a kind of tough area or you live in the best area. It doesn't matter. You go over and you hear the doorbell. And you say to your four-year-old, honey, you go answer the door. See if it's anybody dangerous because there's, there's an axe murderer around. So you go check, and if it's an axe murderer, you take care of it. In a million years, you never do that. But what would you do? You would say when your child would scream, mommy, doorbell. You would go over there. You would say, okay, honey, you go back, go into your room or go back into the kitchen. Mommy or daddy will take care of this. And you would show that child very clearly that you were in charge. You would go take care of the danger. And once you took care of the danger, you would go back. And after you went back, you'd go do what you were doing before because you saw there was no danger and you went back to doing what you do. That's what you have to do instead of yelling and screaming and pulling back on the dog. Just teach the dog. It's just the dog. Just show them with your actions instead of talking with your words. It's not about the tone of your voice. It's about the energy. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. When it comes to health expenses, dog owners have it rough. Now, thanks to veterinarian and dermatologist Dr. Kristen Holm, your dog can be goo healthy. There's Doggy Goo to find environmental pet allergies, Goo Gut Rescue for rescuing your dog's gut health, and Goo Silver, a broad-spectrum supplement for the special needs of your senior varsity dog. So visit HealthyGoo.com today or call 855-246-2426 and your dog can be Healthy Goo, healthy. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf and Wyatt, who's here on the bed with me at the Sheridan, because Wyatt is the best buddy in the world, and he's got over a quarter of a million airline miles. This guy has so many miles that he's probably got a lot of stewardesses beat. Well, a very important part about talking about what you do with your dog is making sure that your dog trusts you, making sure you have a relationship and a connection with your dog. The connection doesn't have to be a quick one, but it does have to be relatively quick, relatively um, long and strong, because if the dog doesn't feel that you are going to be a good leader, he can, depending on breed and age and the type of dog and temperament, can be pretty quick in te- trying to take over. I've seen dogs, and as a matter of fact, there was a woman in New Jersey and her and her new husband who had adopted a brand new pit bull, and it was very sweet. And they brought it home, and within four hours, the dog had urinated and defecated all over the house in a very dominant way, urinating, and had also bitten the husband. Instead of bringing the dog back and saying, "Oh boy, this dog is way too much for us," they decided to keep the dog. So now a few weeks later, now they really love the dog, but the dog is biting them and it's very aggressive. Fortunately, I had helped the mother-in-law, who had had a little rat terrier Jack Russell mix, who uh, took a chunk out of Wyatt and I corrected him and the dog was doing great. And the woman uh, was very, very happy because she had had so many people, behavioral vets and, and obedience trainers and people calling themselves behaviorists. And all these people were not one of them was able to even get in the house. This dog was a little, little vicious little guy. Well, long story short, I worked with the woman, with the, the daughter, with the pit bull, and within probably a week or two, it was doing great. So now the dog is doing wonderfully. But if they hadn't found me and they had continued on, they were going to have a really serious behavioral issue. Now, depending on the type of dog, the breed, the age, and just the individual temperament of the dog, sometimes you can have a very, very quick takeover, sometimes a hostile takeover. So it's not a big deal that you have to go the very first day and start, you know, oh, I'm going to love him out of his problems. You know that there was something egregious, something serious, something that was so horrible that someone who raised that puppy from a puppy gave that dog up because it had such a serious behavioral issue. If, on the other hand, you have a dog with uh, a great temperament, you'd have a million people trying to get that dog. 
So the dog had some kind of issue. How long exactly does it take for that dog to go from shelter dog to well-behaved pet? Well, that depends on you and it depends on the dog. So think about it for a moment. You bring a dog home, and what's the first thing everybody does when they bring a shelter dog home? I'm going to give him some chicken. I'm going to give him some really good food. I'm going to walk him around to the house. I'm going to let him go on the bed or the furniture. Oh, and I'm going to just love him because he was abandoned and nobody loved him. And Well, that's the wrong attitude, the wrong energy. If you take that dog, you get your brand-new dog, and you take him out, and you'd walk them, and I recommend a couple of different things, but one of them would be walking your dog around your block a couple of times, walk them then around the perimeter of your yard, front and back, so that the dog understands that that's your territory, not his. And then I would bring your dog on the leash. You go through the door first, bring the dog into your house, keep them on the leash, walk them around every single room in your house, Upstairs, downstairs, basement. Then you can let him drag the leash around or remove the leash. And by the way, never, ever leave a dog with a leash or collar on in a crate or walking around when you are not attending him. Think of a dog as a three-year-old kid walking around with a pencil or a knife in his hand. You don't want to do it. So you take your dog out. The dog is walking all over. And now you're going ahead of the dog, so you're symbolically the leader. And you wait a little while, about 15 to 45 minutes, and then you can actually take that dog, take him out, and uh, let him, you know, have some water. Maybe he'll, you know, lie down for a minute. And around 15 to 45 minutes later, you're going to take that dog and you're going to feed him. And you're going to feed him what he was eating the first night or two. And the reason you have to do that is you don't want to change the food right away, even if it's a crummy food, because what will happen, as soon as that dog gets into your home, even though he's going to be happy, he's going to be very excited, he's going to be very stressed. Stress can bring on diarrhea in dogs and a lot of other issues. So it's always a good idea to give your dog some white rice, unless he has an allergy to white rice, which is highly unusual. You give him the white rice because this is going to prevent him from having diarrhea, and it's going to settle his belly. You don't give him a whole meal. You give him a smaller piece of a meal so that he's able to settle in peacefully and calmly and not have a bad tummy ache when he's going to be, um, you know, in in your home. Now, when you get a brand-new dog coming in, let's say like Rainy, well, I didn't know if she was going to be housebroken, how she was going to be. So you want to take the dog out about every hour or two the first couple of days as much as you can. Because by taking the dog out, you're giving the dog an opportunity to go to the bathroom. Remember that when a dog is nervous and changes environment, a lot of them, and even Wyatt will do this, Wyatt hasn't gone to the bathroom today. Well, because the reason he hasn't is we flew all day yesterday. So even a dog who's super, super used to things can have that little bit of an issue where they might not be able to go potty initially. So you take the dog out about every hour or so, and I tell people to write a journal. No matter how old the dog is, whether it's a puppy or it's an adult, you want to write a little journal entry. So get a little notebook and just keep track of it, and when the dog eats, you're going to write that down. When the dog drinks uh, anything more than a few sips, 
you're going to write that down, and then you're going to have another column that's going to show when the dog urinated or defecated. For you dog people, that's Peter pooped. Then, once you do that, after about three days, you'll have a very, very good idea of that dog's schedule and what his potty schedule will be. That's going to be huge because if you don't know when the dog ate, then you don't know when the dog's going to the bathroom. So one of your major things is do not free feed, especially a dog you've just brought in. Because if you have that dog and you bring that dog into an area and he thinks it's his and now you put the food down and you're doing all the things wrong, well, what's going to happen? You're going to wind up with a dog who thinks he's the leader and you did it. Remember, he wound up in the shelter or rescue for a reason. He did not wind up that way because he was the best dog in the world. Remember that. We talked about that at the top of the hour. So we want to make sure we set our dogs up for success, not for failure. And if you set your dog up for success, he's going to succeed. If you set the dog up for failure, he's going to fail. So let's set your dog up for success. Remember, take him around on a leash before you uh, feed him or anything. You're going to take him for a short walk around the perimeter of your house, perimeter of the outside. Keep track of his bathroom breaks and when he eats and drinks, and this is going to start him off on the right foot. We really appreciate when people are able to take a rescue dog. And actually, United Canine Professionals gives a very, very nice discount to some of the wonderful rescue groups that, uh, that I personally work with, 11th Hour Rescue, which is my favorite, and we've got a number of them that I work with. But 11th Hour Rescue um, is just amazing, and uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a moment. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. As a dog owner, you know that dogs can eat just about anything. But when food becomes a health troublemaker, or your animal has been on antibiotics or heavy meds, or GI issues set in, your animal's gut may be out of balance and needs Goo Gut Rescue. Goo Gut Rescue is 100% natural and veterinarian prebiotic and probiotic formulated to rescue your animal's gut from bad bug dominance. Remember, your dog's total health begins with gut health. Don't delay. Visit GooGutRescue.com. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. Well, we're talking about making a great smooth transition when you bring your new rescue or shelter dog in. One of the other really neat things is anywhere in 38 states and 10 countries around the world, if you have one of our United Canine Professionals certified specialists and experts in canine behavior, it's called Natural Canine Behavior Rehabilitation. We do this to help rescue and shelter dogs, not only to help purebred dogs, but to help the rescue and shelter dog community with their dogs. So if you need help and if you have a rescue or shelter you work with, not only can we come in and teach you about how to fix the dogs that are in your place, 
We can also find one of you guys who is in charge or a very devoted volunteer to train in natural canine behavior rehabilitation. This way, you have your own behaviorist, your own certified canine behaviorist, who will be able to help you with those special dogs. We do an amazing program also called a modified program, which means we train up to five of your people, and we train you with your own dog, and we give you a lifetime guarantee on any dog you ever work with. It's only available to rescues and shelters and groomers and vet techs. But that is our professional work that we offer. And what's just amazing about that is to be able to help people who are on the front lines helping dogs. It's just so, so important that we want to make sure that everyone knows that. You can read about our programs at www.united, the letter K, the number nine, professionals.com. And you can learn about how to take shelter dogs or other dogs and turn them into certified service dogs and therapy dogs, cortisol detection dogs, different dogs that work with different kinds of uh, things like, like special needs kids, in-school service dogs, cancer detection and disease detection dogs, and PTSD dogs, and pretty much every kind of service dog that you can imagine. It's not that it's difficult to train a dog to do a specific trick, but it is difficult to make that dog a perfectly behaved dog that isn't trying to steal food off the table, isn't trying to bite your neighbor's kid, or isn't dragging grandma down the street on a leash. It's not difficult. It's not hard. It's just different than what most people think. Most people think that obedience is going to solve a behavioral issue. Well, no, it's not. We've got quite a few former obedience trainers in United Canine Professionals, Jill and Kathy and Karen and a whole bunch of people who are really amazing but started out in obedience because they wanted to change behavior. And they realized obedience is fun. Hey, Wyatt's brother Dillinger is actually, I believe, number one in a whole bunch of different things in obedience in the country. He's amazing. He's like a machine. But the reason Dillinger is able to do that is because he is a stable, calm, confident, wonderful, wonderful dog who is, you know, the best dog in the world. So when you have a dog who is the best dog in the world, that's great because you're able to take that dog anywhere like a Wyatt, like a Wispa, like a Savannah, and do what you want to do with that dog. But imagine if you have a dog who's dog aggressive or people aggressive or child aggressive or reactive to shiny objects or wheelchairs or elderly people or people with dementia or autistic kids and now you walk that dog and that dog reacts now that dog isn't a joy to be around anymore now that dog with a behavioral issue starts limiting your life and you start living your life around your dog's behavior instead of just enjoying your life and letting the dog fit into your life did you really look at the rescue dog or your little puppy that you bought and say Oh, look, honey, look at that really cute little puppy over there. I'm going to get that puppy because someday that puppy is going to grow up and bite our baby in the face. Yeah, let's take that puppy. Well, of course that didn't wasn't what you were thinking. But what did happen is that because you didn't know what to do that first time that that puppy growled or nipped at your child or at your neighbor's child, and you just said, oh, honey, it's okay. It's only the neighbor's little girl. And you actually taught the dog that it was okay to do that. 
Now, for those of you who have adopted a dog, a rescue dog or shelter dog, and that it wasn't your doing, and it's okay, don't beat yourself up. It's not your fault. You didn't know what you didn't know. But for those of you who rescue a dog with an issue like Rainy had, well, you can fix it, but you're not going to fix it by telling the dog to sit and lie down. Maybe the dog will sit, maybe he won't. But if you're able to really think about things for a moment and you say, hey, wait a minute, how does changing the dog's body position change the state of mind? Well, it doesn't. You have to change. If you're changing something, you've got to change the behavior. You cannot change the body position and expect the behavior to change. That's like if you came home and found that your house had been vandalized and ransacked and all your pictures had been destroyed and just just decimated, and I said to you, oh, that's okay, Pam, sit down, calm down, here's a cookie, do you feel better now? You probably don't feel better, because your house is just destroyed, so who cares if you're sitting, or lying down, or in a hotel room with three people sharing a bed with a dog, it doesn't matter. Well, we're talking about all these hypothetical things that can happen. You can have 18 people in a room that get along, but you might not be able to have one person getting along with a husband or wife. You have a big fight with your husband or wife, and you come home, and he says, Hi, honey. Shut up. What are you talking? Don't talk to me. I'm in a bad mood. You see what I'm saying? When you come home from work or school or whatever, and you're upset about something, If somebody actually approaches you in a nice manner, sometimes you're going to react to them. So imagine what your dog thinks. You come home, and you had a bad day, and your dog comes up to you, Hi, Mommy, I love you, and you go, Get out of here. Well, the dog was coming up to you out of love and a strong connection and a bond of trust that he had with you. Well, you yell at him. So right away he thinks, Oh, no, Mommy's mad at me. Well, you weren't mad at your dog. But that's why we don't talk to dogs. If you just walked in and stormed over and just walk right past your dog and go into the bathroom or go into your bedroom and just get it out of your system or get it out of your system before you go home, your dog should never see you upset, nor should your little kids, because it can affect them. We never, ever want to lose a dog's trust. We never want to do anything that's going to cause a dog to lose belief that we are taking care of him or her. And we never, ever want to do anything with an unstable or weak or angry energy. We want to do everything we do with dogs in a very calm, confident, reassured manner. Not assertive, not dominant, and not angry. Just calm. Just because. Think about it for a minute. If you said the word no, and we're going to talk about this, If you said the word no or whatever word you use when your dog does something wrong and you yell it at him, does it mean the same thing as if you yell at the dog, I love you, or you yell at the dog, I hate you, or you yell at the dog, you're the worst dog in the world, or you yell at the dog, you're the best dog in the world? Well, no. The dog just hears and feels the angry energy. So it's not about what you say, it's about how you say it. It's kind of like when we've all seen kind of funny things and it says, you know, you're awesome. You go, hey, you're awesome. Or, yeah, you're awesome. It means something totally different. It's about the intent and the energy. Not at all 
about what you're saying, but it's about how you're saying it. So stay tuned. We'll be back for our final segment in just a moment. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. For your dogs, running beside your bike is more rewarding canine exercise than any walk. It's also more dangerous. Until now, introducing the amazingly stable Bike Toe Leash, the only safe dog biking attachment approved by the American Pet Association. The Bike Toe Leash installs in seconds on bikes, trikes, power chairs, and mobility scooters. No tools needed, and dogs learn it immediately. With a Bike Toe Leash, both dogs and rider can enjoy fun recreation anywhere, no matter what your ability level. To learn more and order your Bike Toe Leash, visit BikeToeLeash.com. That's BikeToeLeash.com. Bike Toe Leashes are made in the USA and ship worldwide. That website again is B-I-K-E-T-O-W-L-E-A-S-H.com. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. And we're back, and we're going to take a little time to make a little experiment here. You guys, all of you, and I've got two very good volunteers right here, Pam and Cindy, who are going to help me with this. But I want all of you at home to help me. What we're going to do is we're all going to get together near my in my broadcast studio here in Raleigh-Durham area, and we're going to we're going to help me out here. And all of you at home, I want you to do this. All right, ready? Get all your family members. I want everybody who's close to you, all the family members, come here. This is going to be a quick, easy thing. You're going to say one word, but you're going to teach each other why we don't use language. All right, everybody got everybody there. Okay, now we're going to say the word no. Everybody in the studio audience, we're going to say the word no. I'm going to count to three. Ready? One, two, three, no. No. You hear it? That's great. In triplicate. Okay. Now, I want you to say the word no like you're angry. Ready? One, two, three. No! no! <laughs> and now that we've blown out all the equipment, sorry, Don and Doug, now we're going to say it like we're happy. Ready? One, two, three. No! no! And great, guys. Are you laughing at home? Because I know the three of us are laughing hard here. Now we're going to say it like we're really confused. One, two, three, no. Does that sound like the same word? No. It's not the same word to a dog. But now what we're going to do is use a sound. And it's going to be a sound that my cat Midnight Kitty taught me when he bopped the Rhodesian Ridgeback puppy. And all the puppies in the entire litter stood up and took notice. Well, what did they do? We just use a very soft, like in the movie theater, shh. So now, Cindy and Pam are going to help me, and you at home are going to help me again. We're just going to say that word, S-H-H-H, like shh happens in my book. Ready? We're going to say shh, and we're going to do it. One, two, three. Shh. Okay, perfect, guys and ladies. Now we're going to say it like we're angry. Ready? One, two, three. And now it sounded pretty much the same. We're spitting at each other. 
Now we're going to try it one more time. This is too much fun, people. I get paid to do this. I love it. Ready? Now we're going to do it like we're happy. Ready? One, two, three. That was good. Sounds the same to me, doesn't it? Okay, and now we're going to do it like we're confused, because you guys have no idea. One, two, three. Does that sound the same? Yeah. But if we said no, or no, or no, it doesn't sound the same. That's why you got to stop using language, because English or Spanish or Portuguese or Hebrew, it's going to sound different. And depending on which language, you ever hear somebody talking Dutch or German, you know, you say, Achtung, or you say, attention, or you say, attention, children. It's a different word. So that's why we don't want to use language. And all of you thank your family members, like I'm going to thank Pam and Cindy for helping me with this little experiment. Because it's St. Patty's Day. And we're all excited, and, and our dogs should be excited and be having fun, too. But they're not going to have fun when you come home and you yell, Fluffy, what did you do? And then you wonder why your dog runs away from you. I'd be running away from you. Imagine a guy who's six foot or six foot five, a big guy, and he yells at his dog, you know, Ginger, come now. I would, I'd be running the other way if I were the dog. Well, then people wonder. It's like when a dog runs off and a dog's out of the house running around and you're yelling at the dog and chasing it. Well, the dog's saying, oh, my gosh, mom's going to kill me. I better run. Instead, you turn around, you go towards your house. You go, come on, buddy, let's go. Don't, don't be, like, worried about, oh, my God, my dog. Just go the other way. More people chase their dogs into the street and cause them to get hit by cars or run across the street into danger because they're chasing the dog. And if your dog is running out the door, you need to teach the dog the rules. You need to get my book for, for one thing. It's called Shh Happens, S-H-H-H, Happens, Dog Behavior 101. You can get it on Amazon, and you can even download the free Kindle software. So if you don't have a Kindle, it's okay. You can get the software for free. So what I need everybody to do is go online and go get that, and then we're going to start going a chapter or a piece of a chapter every single week talking about how we can rehabilitate shelter and rescue dogs into amazing pets, and even some of them that are talented might even be able to become a therapy dog or possibly even a service dog that can work with other people or can work with you if you have the need for a service dog. But the whole guide here is to understand why do dogs do what they do? Well, in my book, one of the things I included in my latest book was a little bit of a, an appendix, if you would, about the different issues that dogs tend to have if they're from a breeder. And I, when I say a breeder, I don't mean, oh, my breeder of the golden doodle cockapoodles. Uh, yeah, they make all these really good dogs. They come from Missouri. It's the show me state. Show me the money. Because that's all I want to do. Not show me anything else, just the money. So you basically are dealing with people who are breeding for money. If you have a show breeder like what I do and a lot of us amazing hobby breeders, we spend so much money on working with making sure our dogs are not only genetically healthy and safe 
and not only making sure that the dogs are well-bred, but that they're healthy, that they're happy, that they're genetically good, they have great temperaments, and they live long, long lives. And if you can breed that dog and you take them to dog shows and the judges love your dogs and it's not that you're stacking entire shows where you bring 10 of your dogs so that you can win a major, but I'm talking about legit breeders who are actually doing the right thing for the right reason, you're going to have a much higher chance of getting a dog with a good temperament, at least a dog with a temperament that's going to be more understandable, more expected than if you do get a rescue dog. But the benefits of having a rescue dog instead of, well, basically, if you're thinking of getting a mixed breed dog and you're going to go spend thousands of dollars on some mutt that you're going to go buy from a a puppy mill breeder, well, instead of that, go to the shelters and rescues. There are amazing dogs like Rainy who are out there every single day. They're dying. They're being killed tens of thousands every week. It's crazy. There are like something like 10,000 rescue dogs a day in this country being euthanized. How many of those 10,000 dogs could be service dogs for special needs kids or for veterans with PTSD? A lot of them. But you know what? Because people think that they're going to raise that puppy better than anybody else, they go and get a puppy, they mess it up, or they give up on the dog, and they don't have that commitment, and they end up, raising a dog that is not going to be uh, a joy to be around. And, of course, when you do that, somebody's going to pay the price, but unfortunately, it's always the dog. Well, we're going to be wrapping up in a moment. I just want to give you some contact information. First thing is unitedk9professionals.com. Join our team if you're in the Midwest, particularly Kansas, Missouri area. Um, or within about four hours of Missouri, we're looking for people. We're looking for people also in California. We're looking for some additional people in central and northern New York between Niagara Falls area and Ithaca, Utica area. And we're also looking for people, if you're good and if you're ready to learn, we're looking for people all over the place. It's just that we've got to get special people in there. You can look up the Join Our Team tab on UnitedK9Professionals.com. You can call us at 855, the number 4, the letter K, the number 9, PROS, P-R-O-S, 855 for Canine PROS. And if you want information on service dogs or on becoming a service dog trainer or learning about all the wonderful things that Merlin's Kids does, you can go on MerlinsKids.org. Or call us at 855-HI-WYATT. That's 855-HI-WYATT. Well, it's again, the show seems to go so quickly. We are uh, wishing everybody there, especially the Sean O'Learys, who's uh, Sean and Amy O'Leary in uh, New Jersey, who are amazing people who help my mom all the time. We wish you a happy, um, wonderful St. Patrick's Day. We wish Wyatt O'Wyatt, my little boy, a happy St. Patrick's Day. And Rainy O'Rainy, we wish you a very happy St. Patrick's Day. You all take care. Have a wonderful day. Be responsible if you do decide to imbibe on any kind of alcoholic beverage. And we'll see you next week. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. 